Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come expecting. We come expecting our lives to be changed. Father, you reminded me now this is not a spectator sport. This is not entertainment. We're not here to listen to a fancy talk. Or to hear some witty insight about how to live life. We are here ready to receive your word this morning. We are ready to receive life-changing, powerful word this morning. Father, we open our ears, we open our hearts, we open our eyes. We come expecting you And Holy Spirit, speak to us this morning. Father, speak to us on issues, challenges that we may have that you are leading and guiding and setting the direction for us. Father, we love you and we praise you. And we're so excited about what you're doing in this church, in this community. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, you guys ready? I am ready today. So the Lord has been speaking to me about preaching out of the the Gospels, and we walk through uh, the fifth chapter of a couple of the Gospels, and the Lord just kept telling me the fourth chapter and the eighth chapter. Like, okay, the fourth and the eighth chapter of which Gospel? Can I get a little more clarification here? So I started reading the fourth and the eighth chapter, and I read them a couple times, and then the Lord clearly said to me, Matthew chapter four is for this morning. So we are going to open our Bibles to Matthew chapter four. I'm expecting what the Lord is going to do some great things today, because you know what, church? This ministry is marked by miracles. This ministry is marked by miracles. And week in and week out, I cannot help, as Liz was saying, to be so excited about what God is doing. He is doing miracle after miracle after miracle. I'm talking relational miracles. I'm talking about job miracles. I'm talking about provision miracles. I'm talking about health and healing miracles. Each and every week, they are happening. And so the Lord really was pressing on me and said, well... Why don't you write them down a little bit? Just write down a couple of the miracles that you've already seen because what it does is it builds our own faith and say, whoa, I'm expecting to continue to see some of these miracles. I'm expecting each and every Sunday, each and every Wednesday, and as I said, all throughout the week, that miracles are occurring in our lives. Miracles are and will occur in our lives. So I started writing some of them down and I started thinking about it. And Brother Paul calls me yesterday morning at 8 o'clock in the morning, and he asked me, is this too early? And I said, Paul, I'm already in Pittsburgh, my friend. 
I've already been woken up, I've got dressed, I've got showered, I drove all the way down to Pittsburgh. I said, this is not too early, but I want to hear what you have to say. And wouldn't you know what he said is, I really believe in my heart, we need to start documenting the testimonies that we are hearing. Now, this is a multiple times, so it's kind of like, hello, Pastor Jason. Like, you ever hear, like, sometimes when the Lord's speaking to you, like, he says it, like, one way, and then I think maybe Chris might have said, why don't we start documenting, and then, oh, yeah, Pastor Doug says, why don't we start doc? Okay, I think I've got the, I got the message. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes two or three witnesses, yes. So I have got the message. We need to start documenting the miracles that are occurring. And so, to be honest with you, I've got no plan for that this morning. If you didn't fill in your connection card and God did a miracle for you, fill it out, put it, in the, put it in the bucket back there, hand it to an usher, give it to me. We want to know the miracles that God is working. Call the church office, 833-PRAY. How many know the number already? 833-PRAY. My goodness gracious, how do we get that number for the church? Beautiful, beautiful. Eight, three, just call the church. Janie will answer. She'd love to write down what your, the, the praise report. The miracle that is happening. And when I'm saying, I say their stomachs been healed. Elbows have been healed. Necks have been healed. Hands have been healed. Kidneys have been healed. And honestly, church, this morning, I believe gallbladders are going to be healed this morning. So I don't know who's battling gallbladders, internal issues here in this area, whether it's appendicitis or appendix, gallbladders. I truly believe that you will be healed this morning. So I want you, if that's you, put your expectancy meter up today and get ready to receive God's word. In fact, I'm not even preaching on healing this morning. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't heal. I don't have to preach on it for him to do it. He is working mightily in our midst each and every Sunday. I'll tell you what, church. God does miracles for two reasons. The first reason is because he loves you. He loves you. Sickness and disease is not from him. It's not from him. It's from the enemy. The enemy wants us to, to weaken us, to bring us... That is, that's the enemy's goal in life, is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's the enemy. But we've got a God who came to bring life, and life more abundantly. I'm talking about abundant life. So if I'm walking in abundant life, I'm walking in good things. I'm walking in health. I'm walking in abundance. I'm walking, my bills are being paid. Those are miracles. Those are miracles that are occurring. And they can occur in your life. The second reason, the second reason, I've said this before, that God is doing miracles is to arrest the attention of the unbeliever. Church, if you go to your work tomorrow and you say, you know what, I attend a church and someone's elbow was healed, their heart was healed, their gallbladder was healed, what do you think someone would say? Like, what are you talking about? I need to go check this thing out. God is a healing God. These testimonies are because he loves us and these testimonies are because he wants people to know him. He wants people to know how much he loves them. This is, what, this is why he's doing miracles. This is why he does it, because he loves. So what's our responsibility? Our responsibility is to share our testimony. Amen. Our responsibility is to go ahead and write it down and send it in. Go ahead and call it in. Go ahead and email it. Put it on the website. There's probably some place. On the, is there a place on the website? You can write something in there and send it to us. 
check out our new website. If it's not up there now, it'll be up there by tomorrow because we can edit the website fast. Tell Brandy that. We are excited about what God is doing. And we want to document that. It's not like we're going to read everyone all the time, but God is a God of miracles, and it's happening, and we're excited about it. So our responsibility is to tell those testimonies. Matthew 6 says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is Jesus teaching us how to pray. This isn't even part of my message. It's not even in Matthew chapter 4. That's a couple chapters later. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is there sickness in heaven? Is there poverty in heaven? Is there terrible, broken relationships in heaven? Okay. Well, Jesus said that this is what we should be calling forth to this world, to this earth, and we're able to walk in it, praise God. This is why he's doing miracles. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Jeremiah, it says, I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. Maybe you didn't hear me. I will restore to you health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. Third John, I pray that you may enjoy good health. I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. So our soul can prosper, but it not, doesn't stop there. It says that we are getting along well in all things that God has for us. Does it mean it happens right away? No. Sometimes it does. But what happens right away is it, it manifests in the spiritual realm and then the, really the, the worldly realm, the realm that we see with our eyes, is just trying to catch up. It's trying to catch up. And when we put our receivers on, as Liz was saying this morning, when we expect to receive, when we expect to receive, we believe in faith, we pray, we believe in faith, and we expect to receive, and we walk each and every day expecting to receive. Stop saying the words, I know you know what I'm going to say here, I don't know. It's, it's true. Maybe you don't know in particular right now, but stop saying you don't know. Because God knows, and he will reveal it to you, and it's coming. And if you were here last week, and if you didn't listen to the message, we just have to worship while we wait. Because God is doing miracles in our life, he's working on them now, we just have to worship while we wait. And what did we already say worship was? Worship is not just singing. Worship is honoring him in every area of our life. So worship him while you wait. Honor him while we wait. Proverbs says God's words are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. That includes gallbladders, livers, and appendices, if that's the right word. He's doing miracle works, even this morning. Jesus came to save and to heal. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we're excited about a movement of death to life at this church. We're excited about this water baptism that's coming up. We are excited that people are going from death to life. We're excited relationships are going from death to life. We're excited that bodies are moving from death to life. Praise God. How could you not get excited? 
I'm so glad it's not football season right now because we use all these football season analogies about getting excited. I am excited, and I don't need a football game to get me excited, although those do get me pretty excited. Just saying. That's right. Just saying. We believe, church, traffic jams. I just It keeps coming to me over and over, traffic jams. Because if Erie County truly understood, not just at this church, at multiple churches, at churches around this area, traffic jams. If God is doing what he's doing, and I know he's doing it, and he's moving with miraculous miracles week in and week out at our church and at other churches, how can that not arrest the attention of Erie County? How can it not arrest the attention of Erie County? We were down in Pittsburgh yesterday. I am way off. I am going on a tangent. I'm not even close to Matthew yet. We're going to get there. We were down in, in Pittsburgh yesterday for my... Our daughter is going to dance down there at Pittsburgh Ballet Theater. She's an amazing dancer. Oh, my goodness. Talk about a gifting of the Lord. She's amazing. Well, we were in Cranberry. And you know that we have a sister church in Cranberry, yeah? And that sister church is doing great things. I'll tell you what. We sat down, and we started having our meal. And as soon as the server brought the plates to us, I said, let us pray. And we just started praying. And afterwards, he came to us when we were, you know, getting our bill to pay. He says, you know what, I just want to say something to you. I just am so, so happy that you guys prayed before dinner. I said, okay. He says, you know, I've been working here for a long time. It's only the third time I've ever experienced that. Guys, this is in, a, this is a, this is in Cranberry. This is happening in Erie. Church, we need to get out there and be sharing the love of Christ with others. I don't want to go to a restaurant. I want to go to a restaurant and see everybody praying because I want to see the miracles of heaven coming down. I want to see the arrested attention of the unbelievers, that they are turning towards the Lord, that their lives are being changed, that revival is happening in Erie, and that traffic jams are at Grace Church, at this church, at First Alliance, at all the churches. We say, oh, well, Erie's not growing. There's over 100,000 people, like, in Erie, and then you add the, I mean, 200-some thousand people. Church, get ready. Church, get ready. We can't fit 200,000 people in here. And I bet if you add up every church pew all through Erie, they can't fit 200,000 people. Get ready. Multiple services, traffic jams all over. All of the kids' sports activities are going to have to be canceled on Sundays now. Hallelujah. You say, no, we got to go to church. The coaches are saved. The coaches are healed. Everybody's got to go to church. No more practices. Come on, church. Oh, my goodness. What are we talking about this morning? Oh, my goodness. Matthew. Okay. Matthew chapter 4. We're in a series called Provision and Harvest. Provision and harvest. It is God's word for this church in 2019. Provision and harvest. And we've been talking about provision and harvest in our finances, provision and harvest in our bodies for healing, provision and harvest with the fruit of the Spirit. We talked about peace. We talked about patience. Ooh, that's a tough one. Last week was patience. Oh, my goodness. So many opportunities. How many had some opportunities to work on patience this week? Yeah, I know. How about this morning with the time change? Anybody have young children who they had to arrest their attention out of bed this morning very early? Yes, this is us also. It's difficult, but God is with us. God is for us. Today, I want to talk about the provision for the fight. 
the provision for the fight. Church, we are in a battle. We are in a battle each and every day. If you don't recognize it, you need to recognize it starting this morning. And you see, that battle that we fight is not against flesh and blood. It's not against your spouse. It's not against your kids. It's not against your parents. The battle we fight is against the enemy. The battle we fight is against the enemy. I said earlier, he wants to come to steal, to kill, and destroy. And I've said this before, it's a, it, it grows. It's first he comes to steal. And what does he come to steal? The word. He comes to steal the word out of our lives. And then he comes, so he, once he steals, he can then begin to kill relationships, our bodies, to bring things on us because he's taking that from us. And then what does he ultimately want to do? To destroy generations. He, I mean, he, okay, don't think of yourself too highly. He wants to come after you. He does. But don't think of yourself too highly. He wants your kids he wants your grandkids. He wants the great-grandkids. He is trying to put a plan together to get after your family generationally. And it has to stop with us. It will stop with this generation. This generation needs to learn how to fight the fight, how to fight the battle, how to defeat the enemy each and every day. It is a battle. You don't fight the battle once and you walk away and say, well, I'm done, I'm good. I can live the rest of my life without fighting a battle. No. Every day. We have to fight the battle. Every day we have to be ready. Every day. So, Matthew chapter 4. I'm going to read a couple verses in here, and I'll stop every once in a while just to talk about those a little bit, because we need to understand that there is no better model ever than Jesus. If you are like, what do I do? How do I fight the enemy? What am I supposed to do? Well, what did Jesus do? If we are disciples of him, if you are here and you've made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you said, you know what? I have decided to follow Jesus. That's a good hymnal. You want me to sing that this morning? You do. There's a lot of heads shaking no from my family members who know that I don't sing. I have decided to follow Jesus, yeah? yeah? If you have decided to follow Jesus, we have a wonderful opportunity to use him as our example in everything that we do. We can look to the scriptures, we can look to the word of God, the living word of God to fight every battle. And so this morning, I want to show you that we've got provision for the fight. Verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop there. Wait a second. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted? Yes. Why, you ask? Why would the Holy Spirit take our Savior to the wilderness to be tempted? Because he wants to show us what to do. He wants to give us the example of how to fight the enemy. So it can be documented. The Holy Spirit leads and guides us. The Holy Spirit was leading and guiding Jesus and said, Hey, we're going to go to the wilderness for some time, and you're going to put a battle on, and you're going to fight this enemy, and I am going to show you, and it's going to get recorded on how each and every one of my disciples from here and forever will fight the enemy until I come back. So I'm like, yeah, 
Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading Jesus to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Because if he didn't, then how do I know what I'm supposed to go do? But now we get to know. So thank you, Holy Spirit. So the two things here, and why he did it is, number one, so he could experience the same things that we experience. You see, Jesus came to earth fully God, fully man. He came to experience what we experience. Because he's now at the right hand of the Father. And when we cry to him, he weeps for us. He loves us so much. Why? Because he's gone through it. How many of you have compassion more for someone who's gone through what you're going through? Yeah, you do. You do. Jesus went through it all. He took everything. He had every issue. Well, he wasn't married. He had relationship challenges. Come on. Don't think he can't speak to your marriage. We didn't have children. Oh, come on. He dealt with people all the time. These children are people. They're not, they're not little, little things. or whatever. They are people. They are fully people. Souls, body, hearts, spirits. They are people. And we should start treating them like they're actually people. That's a whole other message. Maybe that's like for Father's Day or something like that. He was led to the wilderness so he could experience the same things that we experience. The same temptations from the enemy. And the second reason is so he can show us exactly what to do when we are tempted. He shows us exactly what to do. So how many of you want to know what to do? How, is anybody ready here? What? Because I, I go in day in and day out and whispers from the enemy. Oh, if God was so good, then blah, 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 blah. If, this would, if you would have been better over here, then da, 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 da. If you didn't sin or yell, blah, 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 blah. These are lies from the enemy that we need to defeat these. Verse 2. And when he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, afterward, he was hungry. Yes. I would be too. I, I use the word, I think I've used this before. Todd loves this one, hangry. So this is, this is just my thing. It's, I didn't make this up. But I can imagine, it's like the Holy Spirit put Jesus into a place. And I can relate, with, relate to this because when I am hangry, which is hungry and angry together, I am hangry. When I start to feel this way, man, do I struggle. I just, I just struggle. I mean, some of you maybe can go days without eating and not like struggle. But I go like 10 minutes without eating, and like a kid says something to me or gives me a little, little snap back, a little lip back, I was like, what? Right? I'm mean, like, what are you talking about? Right? I get, man. And I think Lila always points and she's like, Dad, chill out. Dad, chill out. I'm like, get me some food, please. Get me some food. So I get, so again, maybe this is just ministering to me. Maybe Jesus was ministering to me here. But you see, we, what the enemy, what this Bible is showing us here, this scripture verse, is that we are in places a lot of times where the enemy has come after us and we are vulnerable. We're at a place where we are vulnerable. And that's the enemy's strategy. Why do you think he puts sickness and disease on us? Because when we are sick and tired, how many have said that before? I am so, please stop saying that. Watch our words, please. I'm sick and tired. Are you? No, please. When we are sick and tired, and when we say that, and we act that, and we feel that, when the enemy is putting that on us, we become more vulnerable. We become more vulnerable. And he uses a specific attack directly for you. You know what mine is? One of mine? Oof. 
I have many. One of mine is self-pity. I can get into self-pity so fast, it's unbelievable. And sometimes you're like, what? Why are you? You know, I mean, the silliest things will set me off into self-pity. Like my curing machine not working. I think I've said this before. Like, really? Oh, my gosh. Woe is me. My curing machine, my coffee thing is not working. And I stub my toe. Oh, my goodness. Woe is me. Like two things already. And I'll have, and the enemy knows that, and he is always trying to get some self-pity going in my life, and I have to fight it. You have to fight what you're vulnerable at. Whatever it is, think about it right now. The Holy Spirit's telling you right now, as I'm saying, the thing that you are most vulnerable with is where the enemy is going to come after you. Because he knows you're weak in that area. But we can be made strong, and we can be strong by how do we fight this enemy. Verse 3. Now the tempter came to him. Okay, so he's led to the wilderness, 40 days, he's hungry, he's probably tired, and now the enemy came. The enemy is waiting for good timing. He's waiting for good timing. Whatever you struggle with, if you struggle with isolation, he's trying to isolate you. If you're struggling with lust, he's trying to put that in front of you, day in and day out. The thing that you struggle with is the thing that he's going after. The enemy is looking to work generationally. So now the tempter came to him, and he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. I love this wording, if. If. The enemy talks with a lot of ifs. He's always talking with the word if. If you're a child of God, this would have happened to you. If God was so good, then this wouldn't happen. If. He likes to use the word if. He uses the if statement to try to get you right where you are, where we're vulnerable. Why is the enemy doing this? So he can get you to sin. It's his goal. To steal, to kill, and destroy. Because what he knows is that sin opens the door to sickness and disease. Church, it does. I wish to say that it didn't. But each and every one of us sin, and that opens the door, and we have to fight that enemy each and every day. We have to repent of our sins. Verse 4, but he answered. I love this. But he answered. Jesus answered. The enemy tempted, and he answered. What do we have to do when the enemy tempts? We have to answer. And he said, So he answered him, and he said, he said, look, enemy, and he began to speak to the issue. He began to speak to the lie. No, 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 no. This lie is not right. This is not true. This is not what my word says. He says, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So number one, what did Jesus do? How do we do this? He spoke out loud to the enemy. He spoke it. He spoke directly to the enemy. The second thing he did is he spoke the word of God. You see, when we speak the word of God, we have to know and believe and receive and be able to walk and say, it will do what it says it will do. It says that this word is sharper than a two-edged sword. It will cut, it will slice, it will do exactly what it's intended to go do. Interestingly, Satan doesn't have enough yet. 
Verse 5, he says, Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down. Uh Uh-oh, for it is written. Wait a second. The enemy knows Scripture. Oh, boy. Now what? This is true. This is what I was saying, right? The enemy knows Scripture. This is from Psalm 91. He says, You, for it is written, He shall give His angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. See, the, the enemy used the word if, and this time he used Scripture. And you're like, well, wait a second. You see, what the enemy tries to do is take the Word of God and twist it. He tries to take the written Word and begin to twist it in your life. Wives, submit to your husbands. Oh, wait a second. You can't just use that phrase because it's in the Word of God to do whatever you want to go do as a husband. It's get, yeah, it's getting quiet in here. This is the truth. That's a scripture. But the enemy takes scriptures out of context and he uses them to try to manipulate situations. Children, obey your parents. Well, hold on a second. You can't use that scripture if you are hurting those children. Say, excuse me, I'm your father. You need to do this. If it is causing pain and harm to them. You see, the enemy uses scripture to manipulate But you see, we have the Holy Spirit that gives us all revelation that we need. And we can see, whoa, 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 hold on a second, enemy. No, 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 no. You may have quoted that out of Psalm 91, but I know what this means. And you need to speak the Word of God right back at him. The truth of the Word of God right back at him. So what did Jesus do? Verse 7, and Jesus said to him, it is written again. Hello, I'm doing this again enemy, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So what does he do? He speaks to the enemy and he uses the word of God. Interestingly enough on this one, he uses you shall not tempt the Lord your God. I think the enemy, I think he just wanted to let the enemy know, uh, excuse me, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess, even you, enemy, even you, So let me just remind you what the Word of God says. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Every principality in darkness is under His feet. And we have to remind Him when He comes after us that He is under our feet. He is under our feet. Verse 8, again. So He's not giving up here. Church, this is a good reminder that the enemy does not give up easily. This is a battle. This is a fight. It's a constant thing we have to be ready for. Again, the the devil took him to an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to them, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. The first thing the enemy tempted him with was physically. The second one he tempted him with was spiritually, and the third one he tempted him with was with power and wealth, or financially. The enemy comes after us from every different angle. And interestingly enough here, he says, fall down and worship me. 
The enemy tempts us with power and finances and all these great things. These are not bad. These are good. But we use them for the glory of God. We use them to expand God's kingdom. We don't worship and bow down to what the world standards are and what the world would have us go do. But interesting, here's what the Lord, then Jesus says to him in verse 10. Away with you, Satan. Now Jesus has enough. He taught us how to do it, and he says, I'm done. Over, ended. Away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God. I'm not going to worship you. Hello. I am going to worship the Lord our God. For him and only you shall serve. Jesus had enough. Again, what did he do? The same two things we have to do. He spoke it, and he used the word of God. You're in a battle. You're in a fight. The enemy's lying to you. Speak to the enemy and use the word of God. Sickness and disease are trying to come on you. Speak to that enemy and use the word of God. He's trying to tear up a relationship. Speak to that enemy and use the word of God. These are our tools. These are things we have in our tool belt that we're able to use. Verse 11, then the devil left him. What's the result? The enemy has to flee. The enemy has to flee. When we use God's word, the enemy has to flee. In fact, in this case, I believe the enemy was tired of getting beat up. Tired of getting stomped on. Tired of saying, this is, oh my goodness. Again, he took three times and then he left. You see, in our lives, he will come after us, but he will always try to come back. And I love what happens here. Verse 11, it's continued here. And behold, angels came and ministered to him. Angels came and ministered to him. Jesus fought the battle. He showed us how to fight that battle. He used the word of God. He used his voice to speak to the enemy. And we have to do that each and every day of our lives. Russ, if you want to come back up. The Lord really been impressing upon me. It's a verse in a song, I believe. It says, we can overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Praise God. Praise God. And you want to come up here with me? So I'm a little bit of a fighter, a little bit of a warrior. And when I see the enemy lying to my children, Hmm. there's no power that could stop my tongue of speaking truth to them. It's always about truth versus lie. It's always about truth versus lie. It is always about truth versus lie. It's not about what you think it's about. It's not about what you can see. It's always about truth versus lie. When the enemy comes after my friend, she's struggling, I will speak truth to her. When the enemy comes after me, there are times I know the truth 
and I'm fighting, but my mouth gets so stuck shut, it's like I can't get it out. And then I call my friend, and I will say, speak truth to me. I will call him and say, pray for me. And there's been times he'll be across the room and he'll just start praying. And I will walk over. I will take his hand and put it on my head. I do it a lot. No, I mean it. Pray for me. Speak. And if you can't speak, if you're in the battle and you know the truth and you're fighting, reach out. Reach out. Find somebody. Grab their hand. Say, pray for me. Heavenly Father, we worship you. We come to you today. We come to you today. You are worthy of all of our praise. You're so faithful to us to teach us how to fight the battles. You are with us every step of the way. You never leave us. You never forsake us. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. With every head bowed and every person's eyes closed this morning. Say, Pastor Jason... I am fighting a battle each and every day and I feel like I'm losing. And I need strength and I need encouragement. I need help. I need someone to speak that truth over me this morning. If that's you, just stand up right where you're at. If that's you, just stand up. Say, I just need someone to speak truth over me. This morning. Praise God. Heavenly Father, we just pray for those people who are standing. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you, Lord, that they are more than conquerors. That they are the head and not the tail. They are above and not beneath. You are for them and not against them. You are with them in everything, in every battle. Father, strengthen them this morning. Strengthen them this morning. Strengthen them for the battle, for the fight that they are going through. Minister to them, as your word says. Angels came and ministered to him. Minister to them this morning. Give them everlasting hope and peace and joy. Strength for the battle. For they are loved and they are cared for by you, no matter what this world does or says, they are loved. They are cared for because you love them and you care for them. If you're standing up, I want you to look up at me. I want to see your eyes. The Lord says you are precious. You are most precious to him. You are most precious him. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is fighting for you. He is fighting for you. 
And when the day is done, when the day is done, you will be the miracle. It won't be a miracle that freed you. You will be the miracle that arrests the attention of the unbeliever. Your testimony. People will look at you and say, I know you. You're not. I know who you are. You'll say, no, you knew who I was. You will be the miracle. You are most precious to him. That is truth. You are not a failure. You are not failing. Failure is a lie. And alone is a lie. He always tells me that over and over for you. Alone is a lie. You are not alone. You are never alone. You are most precious to him. I also feel this morning as we opened the message we serve a God of miracles. If you have a physical need in your body, a physical need in your body, whether it's that gallbladder, liver, whatever inside here, or any other physical need in your body, I want you to stand up this morning. Come on, church. Physical needs in your body. We serve a healing God. We serve a God who heals of wholeness, of health. I'm going to ask you this morning, as an act of faith and of receiving, just to put your hand wherever that pain is. Put your hand wherever that pain is. And when I pray this morning, I want you to receive I want you to receive healing and wholeness in your body. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. Your word says, by your stripes we are healed. The price of healing has been paid by Jesus Christ on the cross. And when he rose three days later from the grave... He rose with power from on high. And the word says that that same power that rose Christ from the grave lives and dwells on the inside of you. And so, Father, we speak to every sickness and say you must go in Jesus' name. We speak to every disease and say go in Jesus' name. We speak to every ache and pain and muscle and say you are healthy and heal and whole in Jesus' name. Receive it, church. Receive it. As you placed your hand, the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ is flowing through your body. And you are being healed this morning. Father, we thank you for the testimonies that are coming. And when they go to the doctor and the doctor says, oh, I can find no problem anymore. You say, because it was my Lord and Savior and my God who performed this miracle, who did this healing. 
Let me tell you about him. Thank you, Father, for the testimonies. Thank you, Father, for miracles. Thank you for your healing power. We worship you and praise you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, small group leaders are going to come up front. If you need prayer for anything else in your life that we haven't already covered, or maybe you say, I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life, or I want to recommit my life to him, the small group leaders will be up here and they can pray for you. Otherwise, be dismissed and get, be blessed and get some extra rest. I know you all lost an hour of sleep last night. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.